Well, every, every psychiatrist knows that um, depression, that's not very good for a fulfilled sex life. Fellow homo sapiens, in this week's Epilepsy Sparks Insights podcast, in anticipation of Valentine's Day, we have part one of two with epileptologist Oliver Henning talking about sex and epilepsy. The last time we checked, the majority of people on paper were sexual creatures. But despite what the latest movie might imply, most people do have challenges in their sex lives at some point or other. These challenges are, however, for various reasons, often more common amongst those with an epilepsy. And people need to be able to talk about these and address them with their clinicians. My name is Oliver, Henning is the family name. I'm working as a neurologist and epileptologist in Norway in the National Epilepsy Centre. I'm, I'm German, you might hear it from the accent, but we moved to Norway more than 20 years ago and we're really feeling us welcome here and, and thriving. Lovely. So tell us about um, your specialization. I'm a neurologist. I'm also a psychiatrist um, from, from training. And now I'm working here at the Epilepsy Center. I've been working here for the last 20 years and, uh, well, specializing in, in epilepsy, um, EG reading, doing some of VNS um, treatment, some rehab. And what led you to the epilepsies and a further specialization in SEX, if one can say that? <laughs> yes, okay, perfect. Well, epilepsy, that is a coincidence. That was when I applied for my first job as a, in, in training. Um, it, that was in Germany, in Mannheim, with Bernd Pullman Eden. And, and this was an offering for someone who would also kind of specialize or work specially with, with epilepsy. So this was a coincidence, but um, I, I, re I really like it. And I think there's a, there's a broad specter. And for me, having also training in psychiatry, I think there's a lot of kind of um, borderland issues with there, there are a lot of different angles to to communicate with patients to treat them and, and coming in there. So that's about the epilepsy. And well, the sex, <laughs> to put it like this, this was also pretty coincidence. Um, I think it must have been in about like 2004 or five when I was to my first American Epilepsy Society meeting in, in New Orleans, I just remember that. And kind of coincidentally, I went into a lecture, which was one evening by Selim Bembadis, who is, well, he's he, he's a glimmerant lecturer. So it's always interesting and humorful. And he was talking about um, sex, drugs and epilepsy. And this was kind of a, well, mind opening for me because I hadn't thought so much about, well, sexuality in epilepsy and some special um, relation there. Of course, we, we are used to talking about sex, for example, in psychiatry, where, where you ask people about sexuality, which might be one of the um, issues with depression or so. But this was kind of an opening and, and he talked about it. And I think, yeah, of course, well, that's true. It's, it's an important issue and, and we, we should start talking about it or, or giving the possibility to talk about. And this was inspiration to do a study, which we did here um, some years later, and where we really saw when we were asking patients also, did you, did you ever have the possibility to talk about sexual problems with your physician? And I think it was less than 10% who, who said that they had been, well, talked about, asked about, or somehow gotten into this. And, and I think, well, as we think, a lot of people do not have sexual problems. So that's also important. Not, that's not always this. 
but there were also um, quite a few patients who did report having sexual problems also over a longer time period who, who did not have the possibility to talk about. And they started to talk to me when I asked them, well, would you like to join this study? We are going to ask you about questions about depression and we're also going to ask you some questions about sexuality. And I was feeling a bit like, yeah, you don't know, could you just open like that? And people say, yes, absolutely. And <laughs> as you're mentioning it, I, I, have some, I have some issues and I have some questions and what do you think and what do you do? So this was kind of the starting point and, and that's really been interesting. Have your studies shown that people with an epilepsy are more likely to have challenges regarding their sexuality or sex life? Yes. Absolutely. So I think on, on one hand, we, we have to say sexuality or sex life, there's enormous broad variation. And I think we have to be careful to to well allow anything. And, and it's important thing is that people are, are happy or if people are distressed in whatever way, that, that might be an issue. And we know that also in the general population, there's a kind of high, pretty high rate of people who report sexual problems. That's all, we, we saw all of that in our in our studies, but but still we see in both studies we've done that there's an increased rate of um, um, persons with epilepsy in reporting sexual problems of of quite a broad variations that could be from kind of not getting uh, erection when wanted not getting kind of moisture you would need for sexual intercourse, but also some psychological problems like being afraid for, for sexual encounter, feeling awkward in, in the situation. So it kind of varies between biological issues and psychological issues. That's, that's right. I, I think, well, sexual problems could be quite many different yeah problems you could have it would be like being being interested having the libido um and and all this kind of stuff and um well also when we're talking about factors which what what are the causes and i think there are also as as you point out there are these two two sides so there's a kind of a biological side where we think the epilepsy itself might be uh, a, a factor or risk factor in, in some patients. Um, there might be treatment, which might imply with sexuality or um, cause some problems. But there's also quite a broad field, I think at least, where we talk about psychosocial issues like um, how many people do you meet, what are your abilities to meet people, and a lot of restrictions which which might um, um, stop people from from having kind of the possibilities. Do you also talk about um, solo uh, sex, sex, I guess, masturbation and yes, things like yes, that, which can yes. come in useful for many people, but I suppose especially if you are quite restricted in the number of people you might meet. Yes, of course, and 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 I think well, what what we what we have seen i'm not an expert on, on pornography just like from from where when you look at the internet and whatever i think the access to pornography has been extreme developed like the last 10 years so there's been really changes and and this opens up for yeah well having sex with yourself and 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 this is also sex of course and if you there encounter like say organic problems so you don't get like um arousal whatever this is this is frustrating and 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 there might be 
um, what we've been also talking about, like like a um, kind of negative cycle, where you get like you you get the feel well it, it does not work and you not get satisfied, so you get more depressed and depression increases it and this is going on. It's like an ongoing cycle, and so how do you break that cycle? Yes. Exactly. And so this is a really common issue you find, is it, amongst people? It varies very much. But when we look also at um, people with epilepsy, we know that there's increased rate of psychiatric comorbidity like depression, anxiety, and about doubling from what is the general population. And well, every, every psychiatrist knows that um, depression is that's um, that's not very good for fulfilled sex life. So, so this is kind of a and and as you said, it's it's a negative cycle. And also, when you when you start treating depression, you know that some of the medications used to treat depression also negative for your for your sexual libido for for your interest in sex and when we're talking about people in general i guess you i understand um have your adult patients you deal with adult patients so we're talking about people from 18 to 108 (laughs) yes we are we are talking from yes from 18 up to well i think um i remember one patient was about like 85 um, when we were talking about the study and I asked, <clears throat> well, I, I, I didn't, and, and this was kind of a opening, mind opening for me as well. We, we have to really be open. And I, I was thinking more about, oh, he might be considered about this questions about sexuality and, and explaining it. And, and he was, yes, that's interesting. And I, I do have some problems. I had some in a long time. I didn't. I didn't had a chance to ask about. I didn't dare to ask about. And we discussed it, and, and we thought, well, there might be a good chance that medication had a had a negative effect on sexuality in this patient. And it, well, it's, it it would have been quite an easy thing to to change the medication and to try something different with with less negative impact on on sexual functioning. I don't know whether it it, it would have changed anything there is an increased well let's say especially men when we get older there's an increased problem even without epilepsy or whatever challenges with erection and stuff yes also, women you know kind of have issues with vaginal dryness um hormones yes exactly and and that's well it, it, it's one of the issues when when you mention hormones because we, we when we look at research which is done um in the field there is there's a lot of research done, but this has mainly been focused on on hormones and, and hormone levels. And this is because we know that some of the medications can influence hormone levels and kind of reduce the amount of of active sexual hormones in the blood. And and there's been a lot of studies going on on that. But um, there are also studies, and there's especially uh, a colleague from from England, Susan Duncan, who's done studies where she's been looking at the level of testosterone in men, but also looking at um, kind of psychiatric issues like depression, anxiety, and she found that well, hormones hormone levels had a lesser less impact on sexual functioning compared to depression and anxiety. Or actually, she found that depression and anxiety were the only factors which did have an influence in in her group, which is a limited group. And so, so uh, but but I think this opens for that um, 
this psychological issue, which is difficult to to examine in, in a broader range in, in studies. But this is pretty important. And I think this kind of falls into uh, a row of things which which makes or which can make life more challenging for people with epilepsy. Thanks so much to Oliver for, first of all, specialising in helping those with an epilepsy as an epileptologist, but secondly, for specialising in helping adult patients with their sex lives, should they choose to have one, and encouraging patients, carers and clinicians to actually talk about sex where appropriate. Remember, whether you're a clinician, a patient, a family member, or that person you see on the train, bus, challenges with sex life slash desire are normal. And it's healthy to be able to seek out professional assistance to resolve any issues, whether it be DIY or with a partner. Happy Valentine's Day. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening.